The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. 28th. Of 2023. Uh, that's Tuesday, February 28th, if you're listening live. Uh, we have uh, Matt Slick is obviously still in the Holy Land uh, on his uh, trip there with some other Christians. Uh, he will be back after this week, the Lord willing. That's the plan. And if the airlines don't uh, get a cramp in their system, so we will look forward to Matt coming back in just about a week. Uh, on our show, the Matt Slick Live, uh, this is a show where you can call in and ask questions about the Bible, about theology, apologetics, uh, religions in general, atheism, uh, or even uh, questions uh, from the point of a skeptic uh, in regard to the Christian faith. Uh, you're welcome to call in. We have a toll-free number for you. It's 877-207-2276. That's toll-free, 877-207-2276. And you know, on this show, the callers drive the topic. Uh, and so you call in with the topic, and we'll do our best to field it. Uh, from a big biblical point of view, and uh, if we can do that to your satisfaction, then we've uh, done our job here today. And of course, uh, all the more, uh, we hope to glorify the Lord in exploring the topic you might have. <clears throat> so let me um, go ahead and get right to the call that's here waiting for us. Uh, let me get the button, and we have Luke. Uh, Luke from Maryland. Hi, Luke. Uh, are you there? Yes, yes. How are you, uh, Tommy? I'm doing well, thank you. So, my first, thank you for taking my call. Last time, I cannot uh, understand my accent, but I'm trying. I'm at the gym right now, but uh, my question is, Acts chapter 13, 48. Uh, when the Gentiles heard this, they that's Acts 13? 48. Okay. At Acts 15, 35. Yes. Oh, so 35. If, okay. No, 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 no. I, I'm comparing with the two verses. 13, 48 and oh, 15, 35. Okay. Okay. Let's go with the first. So 13... Uh, 48 says that God who appoints people to believe and had been appointed to eternal life. So, yes. if, appointed, if appointed people in Antioch, Antioch people believed, then why Paul taught others the word of God again? So, here, uh, Paul is saying that the people already appointed and believed, and then he went to Antioch, and then he... Uh, preaching and teaching uh, many others the word of God. It's already uh, people who believe, and then why they're going to uh, again 
and preaching and teaching the word. 1635. Yes, that, that's a good question. Uh, the, 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 the view here is that the writer of Acts, uh, which was Dr. Luke, he understood that the appointment to eternal life took place prior to us ever being born on this earth. It's an eternal uh, appointment that's uh, called uh, predestination. He predestined those who were going to believe in him, and he also gives the order to us as members of the body of Christ to preach his word, because his word is the means by which these people will respond, and he will open their hearts and minds to his gospel. Now, it's not really explained as far as the technical aspects of how God uh, produces this uh, end uh, through these means, but since he tells us to preach the word, and it's by the gospel and the hearing of the gospel that people's hearts are open, then that's what we are to be obedient and do. Uh, we deliver the message, uh, and God does the work upon the hearts and minds of men. So this is uh, something that he's predetermined. It's called predestination and election. We've been elected before the foundations of the world. Okay, uh, that's uh, clearly taught in, in Scripture. And then I responded when someone shared the gospel with me. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to God that that happened to me. Uh, he had set in motion by virtue of ordaining the, 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 the circumstances ahead of time that would bring me to him. Uh, in the fashion that was most uh, uplifting to him and most uh, pertinent and uh, actually just uh, uh, overwhelmingly uh, important to me at that moment. So those two work together. Uh, God uh, predestines and appoints us before the foundation of the world, and we preach the gospel because you and I don't know who it was that the Lord appointed or predestined to salvation. I can't tell you who it is and who who is not uh, ready for that. So, in order to cover all the bases, we'll be obedient to God and preach it to everyone. Okay? And whether he calls them or doesn't call them is up to him and according to his will. That's uh, the will he works uh, but we deliver the message, nevertheless, to everybody. Does that make sense? Yes. The thing is, the question is, he, in Antioch, he finished his work. He preached and taught. And now he again saying that uh, he's preaching and teaching. The people already believed, and appointed people believed. And then in 1535, he's again preaching and teaching many others also. Okay, 1535. Let me make sure I got it yeah. right here. Uh, Acts 1535. Uh, I, you know, I have a, a, a sneaking suspicion. Uh, okay, uh, 1535. 
Sorry, that takes me a while. Paul and Barnabas stayed at Antioch teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. Well, this is it. They're carrying out the Great Commission uh, to go and preach into all the world to every creature. Um, and they're doing exactly what I was explaining. They're sharing the gospel with people, and they didn't know either who was predestined or appointed. Uh, so they're preaching it to everyone, even those who object to it and are are uh, opposed to the gospel. There may be a point later that the Lord will bring them to him, having uh, had them uh, had a seed of faith planted within them by the preaching of Paul and Barnabas. And also, the preaching is um, by a means by which um, we can uh, grow in the faith by uh, listening to the words of the apostles uh, and their preaching. And it's a, a continuation of our, our walk with God and our getting to know Him better and better by the preaching of the Word. So it has a dual purpose uh, in that they're carrying out the Great Commission and the Word of God is going forth and doing its work. Okay? Okay. So if, if God right. predestined, one more, if God predestined people to damnation and people to uh, salvation, then God is responsible for uh, people who are going to help people who are uh, against God. Like uh, uh, Hitler killed a lot of people. If God knows, you know, God knows before the foundation of the world, he's going to kill. Uh, he's going to kill a lot of people. Or uh, if, uh, if somebody is going to rape a child. Uh, God knows that. Well, he, so he, does, he, does, yeah, he does indeed know the ones who will not respond to him. Uh, and he t talks about that as he's described as the great potter. And he has the right to, dis to uh, form uh, vessels for the purpose of destruction to bring about the means that, or the ends that he's intending. He has every right to do that because we have no claim on salvation outside of our faith in him. So he's responsible for creating people the way they are. I like to think of myself as, a, as the pot on his spinning wheel as he's squeezing me into the clay form he wants me to be. I don't like it when he puts a squeeze on me sometimes, but I'm going to end up being a vessel uh, that's going to be praising and and uh, uh, glorifying him, but he also says he makes vessels of wrath, and uh, those are uh, known to him as well. Like I say, we don't know what kind of vessel a person is, uh, so we preach to all these human vessels walking around, because they're all a reflection of God in his image, and we're to do what we can uh, to help them along by preaching the word. That's, that's the Great Commission. Thanks, Luke. I, I appreciate that question. It's important, and I'm glad you glad you asked it. Uh, there we go. One more thing. One more thing. So yeah. how come God can judge that people? If God, is already sent, uh, God already sent some people to damnation, then he cannot blame that person because he's already going to hell. And as God already predestined some people to go to hell, and then how come he can judge that people? How can he do? Uh, how, do what? How can to those he people? a judgment for that people going to hell? Because already he predestined people to hell and predestined people to heaven, and then he cannot blame 
uh, he cannot uh, he cannot judge the people who will go into hell because he's already planned he's already well, well he's 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 got every right to do so do you remember the do you remember the the story of the great flood of noah's time uh he had every right to judge those people that were wickedness was on their minds and on their behavior at all times and in every way except for the, the righteous noah and his family god has the right to judge evil and even destroy mankind with the exception of noah and his family he has that prerogative and we're not to judge him on his actions uh he judges us and when we uh take a a, a a a when we flirt with trying to say well god might not be doing this justly or it might be an arbitrary and capricious decision decision on his hand uh then we're 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 involved in great mischief uh, he has the right to do with the creation as he will, and in the end, it'll be to our benefit as believers and to his glory uh, in the end. So that's how it works, and I don't like it any more than you do. I, I hate the feeling that people are going to end up in eternal punishment, and so I'm doing my best to sway them away, away from that, as we all should do. Thank you so much, Luke. Okay. Uh, that was a good question, and it's a it's a mechanism by which God doesn't give us full insight to, but he does describe the fact that he is the just judge, and uh, uh, in the end, he, of all, uh, of all uh, persons we can uh, trust, will do what is right. And we're going to soon come on a break. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that question was. We got another question coming up. And so stay tuned, and we'll be right back with your questions on Matt Slick Live. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hi, this is Charlie Spine sitting in for Matt Slick on Matt Slick Live. Um, I'm glad to have you with us. We uh, have a toll-free number to call in with your questions, and that number is 877-207-2276. And we do have some calls. Let me get right back to them, and we'll call here from, uh, here's from a call from Timothy. Hi, Timothy. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Timothy. You with us? Oh, good. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I got you. Okay, you can hear me. Yes, I can. Uh, my question is, uh, you know, when Jesus says that the dead and the Christ, the dead in Christ will rise first. Does that mean people that's been cremated too, or is it is it just those that are in the in the coffin, or is it those that are cremated too that will rise? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Uh, uh, yes, uh, believers who have gone on and died uh, in the faith, okay, they will be raised first, and then we will join them in the air. Yes. Now, here's the thing. People that have uh, uh, lived a life of faith and trust in Jesus, if they get cremated, they go to dust in a crematorium in a a few hours, uh, 
and that's all that's left of them uh, in the physical sense. People who decide to be buried in a coffin, well, they're going to go to dust too. Uh, from dust we came and to dust we will return. It may take them years and years to return to the, du- to the form of dust, but they too will, will end up in a form of dust. So the, the cremation and the burial... Uh, as far as those who are in the faith when they pass uh, over to heaven, uh, the dust is of no consequence to God. He'll put them back together in a form and a shape that will be pleasing to Him. And if it's pleasing to Him, it'll be pleasing to them, and it should be pleasing to us. Now, if we are here uh, at the time this takes place, it says that then we too will be given a glorified body, uh, pleasing to God, and it'll be in that immortal uh, condition that those who have gone on before us get. It's it's a very, it's an event that most theologians say is uh, almost synony- uh, almost uh, 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 synchronized uh, in that uh, what they're speaking of takes place in just a a very brief moment of time, and we probably won't know that. Um, they preceded us in getting their body by any time sequence, uh, but that will be joined with them and then forever be with the Lord. So cremation, that's a, a, I mean, that's up to a, a Christian. It's not forbidden in Scripture. It's not advised in Scripture one way or the other. Um, but at the rapture, uh, we, we certainly won't be concerned with it anymore if we've been cremated or uh, buried in a, in a coffin in the in the regular sense of the way we think of burial. Does that help? Yes, yes, thank you. Okay, well, thank you so much for that question. That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. So, um, excellent, excellent. So, we do have someone else on the line. You can get on, too. We have open lines at 877 Two zero seven two two seven six. This is Charlie Spine sitting in for Matt Slick. Uh, Matt Slick will be back with us, Lord willing, next week after he finish finishes up his trip to uh, the Holy Land, and we look forward to that. And we look forward to his reports when he comes back. But now we do have another caller on the line, and it's Diana. And Diana, I think you have a question about the uh, the Trinity and the hypostatic union. That's Always a good topic. Hello, Diana. Uh, Diana, I hit the button to put you on the air. Perhaps Diana has stepped away from her phone. Let me put her on hold, and we'll come back to Diana. But the hypostatic union uh, is a, a, a wonderful topic. It's... Uh, it's something, it's a jawbreaker of a term for some people, but don't let it scare you. This is just one of those theological terms that I often tell people is a, a shortcut into a topic uh, of uh, that has to do with Christ's incarnation. Uh, when he came to earth, he was fully God and fully man, not half and half or part and part, Fully God and fully man. We learn that uh, sometimes from uh, Philippians chapter 2, where it says uh, uh, he emptied himself and was found in form of a man. 
and even went to death on a cross like the man. He emptied himself and took upon. Here's the thing. He didn't give up any part of his being deity. Okay. In fact, the verse says, while never ceasing to exist as God, he lay aside his prerogatives as God and became man for us. So he never ceased to be deity, but he took upon an additional nature and became the only one that can fit the title of theanthropos, the God-man. Okay, we've heard of uh, anthropology, the study of man, and theology, the study of God. Uh, the theanthropos is the God-man, and there's only one of them. It's Jesus Christ. Now, in uh, the hypostatic union meant that, as Philippians says, he humbled himself for a time and was obedient to the Father in all things as a man. Okay, but he still had prerogatives he could exercise, such as uh, curing the lame, uh, giving sight to the blind, giving hearing to the deaf, raising the dead, uh, because he was who he was, fully God and fully man. We shouldn't be surprised uh, and and expect anything less from him when he wanted to do so. Uh, the hypostatic union is. Uh, an insight into the Trinity in that uh, as a man, he was dependent on his Father in Heaven uh, and said that he only did those things what the Father uh, showed him. Um, And um, he always did the will of the Father. This is uh, the kind of obedience that uh, you and I can't muster up a perfect performance and a perfect score and say that we've always done the will of God in heaven. We do our best sometimes, but we fall short. But he, in the hypostatic union, did not fall short. He performed the act that no man could perform in that he sacrificed himself as a man and as God on that cross for us. Interestingly enough, he still uh exist as a man he says uh he came back rose from the dead and he showed his disciples his wounds he invited thomas to put uh, your finger in my hands put your hand in my side and see that it is i myself and thomas uh, with his famous uh, confession of faith said my Lord and my God. He recognized, this doubting Thomas recognized finally fully who Jesus was. He was his Lord and his God, the man Christ Jesus. And uh, that's a wonderful confession of faith that is is for us there. Now we're coming up to a break. And so come back when we're, uh, we're done. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Okay. Hi. We're back from the break. This is Charlie Spine again, sitting in for Matt Slick on Matt Slick Live. And we talked a little bit about the hypostatic union and how it applies to Christ and his two natures on earth, both God and man. Uh, and I mentioned a, 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 a section of Scripture where Thomas, the Apostle Thomas, who is uh, famously known as Doubting Thomas, the skeptic of his group, uh, the others had reported to him the risen Christ, and 
and that was his that was his re, uh, rebuttal to them. Well, I'm not going to believe it till I can put my finger in the wounds uh, of his hands and the, my my hand in the wound in his side. And of course, Jesus produced himself with those wounds for Thomas to look at. And Thomas uh, confessed, my Lord and my God. Uh, our Jehovah's Witness friends will uh, take that verse. And sometimes when you show it to them and say, look, this proves the deity of Christ and uh, and his humanity at the same time. And, and uh, they say, no, uh, Thomas was just exclaiming, like with an exclamation point at the end. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. And, of course, that would be taking the Lord's name in vain. And Jesus, as an Orthodox rabbi, would have had to chastise Thomas for such an exclamation. Uh, you can't just uh, do that in, in an excited sense and, and, and frivolously, even if you are surprised. No, the, the comment uh, Thomas made uh, for people who have really taken a deep dive into it uh, in the Greek says, "Curios mu kai theos mu." A lot of you know, "curios" is is a word for God, and "theos" is a word for God or deity. And when Thomas exclaimed, "Curios mu," the Lord of me, "kai," the word and, "theos mu," the God of me, the Lord of me, and the God of me. It was a confession that Jesus blessed him for. He didn't chastise him for making a a frivolous exclamation or taking the Lord's name in vain. He would have had to. But no, he said, blessed are you, Thomas, for you've seen. But more blessed are guys like Charlie Spine, who don't have to be here and see this and still believe. Uh, I inserted, of course, my name into there, and you can insert your name into there, too, if you're a follower of Christ and walking in faith with him. Uh, you didn't have to be there for you to know from the evidences that have been produced that uh, there's every good reason to go along with Thomas and look at Christ and uh, and confess my Lord and my God. And that's just part of the hypostatic union that uh, we enjoy as we understand uh, Jesus. And of course, those same Jehovah's Witnesses who come to your door uh, of course, they deny his deity. Uh, I've found it helpful. I have a copy of their King of their New World translation, which is a corrupt version. Uh, they've paraphrased really in the spots uh, which uh, they want to make it uh, look as though it agrees with their theology. They've inserted words and deleted words and stuff like that. And unfortunately, but I've got a translation of that that I keep close, and I've asked them at my door, uh, well, could you give the same honor to Jehovah, they think of Jehovah as the Father, uh, that you would, could you give them the same worship and honor that you would give Jesus, the Son, uh, who they believe is a lesser uh, God in the sense that he was the first and greatest creation of God the Father, which is uh, the old Arian heresy, well, they'll say, "Well, not really." I'll have I'll have the New World Translation right there and I'll open it to him to John five twenty three, talking about Jesus has been given all judgment, or God has given all judgment to the Son. And the verse twenty three says, "So that all 
will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. They forgot to mistranslate that particular verse in their corrupt translation. It's there, and it's locked in, and it's a very powerful verse to show them. It is dynamite, really, and you have to be careful in how you approach them. You don't want to crush them with this kind of a thing or make fun of them or say, see, what's the matter with you? Why don't you follow this like me? Um, No, you want to be sensitive and see what that Word of God that they haven't changed will do. It's going to be doing a work, whether you can see it visibly or not. It's going to pierce their soul in one way or another, and perhaps they'll end up rejecting it, or perhaps they'll see the, the folly of rejecting such a straightforward verse, even in their corrupt translation, which they respect, uh, and they know you haven't made this sort of thing up. So that's that's part of the hypostatic union, Jesus's two natures. Uh, not only can he act uh, as God and as the perfect man, uh, he can also uh, receive the same honor that the Father deserves, and if you don't give it to him, you're not honoring the Father who sent him. So don't ever try to get in that position, you're going to be uncomfortable. Uh, So thank you for that question about the hypostatic union. And we have another question on uh, on the line. Let me get to there. Uh, It's from Chuck in North Carolina. Hi, Chuck. Are you with us? Yes, sir, Charlie. Hello. Uh, Oh, good. I have, I got a question and I think it's a, uh, Hard one, kind of, you know. Okay. okay. That in that in First Peter two twenty four and three eighteen, I guess it's two twenty four. It says that Christ paid for our sins in His own body on the tree. You know what verse I mean? Right. right? Yes. Okay. Now. Is that his humanity? I guess that, I mean, it's really hard because the hypostatic union, I can't figure it out, you know? What I mean is, I believe Jesus is is God and man, and I believe that as man, he could not have sinned, you know? I think that's a heresy for people, and I know a big uh, Christian organization that believes that he could have sinned in Grace Evangelical Society, you know, because uh, I wrote the president. Well, that's unfortunate, two letters yeah. About it. Yeah, I wrote the president two letters about it, and I asked another guy who's the next in line, and he just kind of, he's very kind, but he just kind of brushed his side and said, oh, well, you know. As I said, if he just could have oh. sinned, wouldn't he have sinned? You know. Uh, it's just impossible. That's why the hypostatic union is really hard. I think it's going to have to be a mystery force. Right. True? Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, yeah. unfortunate that he would blow you off when you approach him with that, because that's uh, certainly a cavalier attitude that I, I wouldn't suggest anyone take. Um, it's something that uh, we can only appreciate uh, in the fact that Jesus was fully God and fully man in his incarnation. Yeah, um, 
Here's Matt Slick. Hi, this is Charlie Spice, sitting in for Matt Slick on Matt Slick Live. And uh, we uh, had an interesting and a, and a very uh, uh, fruitful question from uh, Chuck. And I'll put Chuck back on. Uh, well, I hope, I hope that helps you a little bit, uh, Chuck. Um, I would suggest yeah, uh, a couple uh, yeah. of yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Only, okay. I guess would it be fair to say, Charlie, that we can only say that what happened on the cross, God hasn't fully revealed to us, but He revealed it completely as dying for our sins. I don't mean that. But I feel the question that I asked you is probably on other people's minds, too, maybe. Yeah, you know, the depth and the richness of, of what he did for us is something that we could probably not fully appreciate on this side of heaven. Uh, that act yeah. of love was like no other that we can imagine. And that's one of the yeah. things when we're together with him that we Praise can glorify yeah. and honor him and, and thank him for that. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, Chuck. I hope you call back soon. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Ah, wonderful. Uh, that's a, a topic that, um, as a Christian, you should never 
tire of um, when you dwell on what Christ has done for us uh, and is doing for us right now. Uh, I often pray, uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, the things you've uh, give me insight to that where I can see your hand at work, and thank you in advance for all those things you're doing that I'm not aware of at this moment. Uh, that's a, a, a fairly regular prayer for me because I always know He's got uh, something in store for me that's uh, better than what I could plan for and better uh, than I could have expected. So. Uh, we're going to go to another question, and this question comes in from Kathy. Kathy, you're on Matt Slick Live with Charlie Spine. Can I help you? Yeah. Um, okay, so I didn't know that it was not Matt, but you probably can answer this question. I, am, I hope I so. Joined the Bible, yeah. <laughs> I joined the Bible study that was that is studying um, one of Joyce Meyer's books, which I read years ago before I was very more biblically knowledgeable and I didn't see the I didn't see the falseness of some of her things that she said. So um oh, I now hope that I'm aware I hope of you've it, run Yes, I hope you've you've oh, yeah. run, not walked away from some of her stuff. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have. Okay. But now I'm in a study Good. with other people um, that are good friends. They're really good friends, and they're very good believers, you know, Christian women who are, are very sound believers, but they're studying this book. And now I need. it's my responsibility to say something. I'm not the leader, but it's my responsibility to be able to directly state one of the problems. And I'm not going to cover the whole thing because... I think if I start with one thing that would be a, a that would be uh important and it's that Satan controls okay. your mind. I I read that in one of in that particular book I said she said Satan controls your mind. I want to know on Matt Slick's web, website the Carm where those um scriptures are listed that contradict that statement. Well, he's got a whole section on uh Questions about demons. You'll find it in the the left uh, navigation panel on the CARM homepage under questions. Uh, if let me see if okay. I can bring it up and and easily uh, access it so that. Whoops, my mouse is acting up. I have a naughty mouse here. Okay, questions. Uh, um, yes, questions, and demons is in there, and there's a list of answers to questions about demons and fallen angels, uh, Satan, and other related topics. Now, uh, Satan can certainly, uh, uh, what can I say, tempt you and try try to steer your mind in one direction or another. He's famous for that. But as for a Christian who has the Holy Spirit living in them, he cannot from within control your mind. Uh, 
some of the people Absolutely. that have uh, good intentions, they get into what they call deliverance ministries, where they say, uh, yeah. even if you're a Christian with the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, uh, that you can be affected by uh, demonic possession or something like that. That's completely uh, uh, un- untrue. You can be oppressed, okay? They can put things in your way, demons can, to make things hard for you. And in those articles about answers to questions about demons, you'll see what could open you up to demonic oppression. If you if you toy with uh, a Ouija board, if you toy with any of the, the tools of the occult, uh, the, that could open you up to them oppressing you. Uh, and if you uh, suspect mm-hmm. oppression, uh, there's even an article on what can I do if I suspect demonic oppression. So some of these articles that Matt has put together are right to the point, and uh, right to the point of, of things you're asking about now. But if you're a Christian, and if they're trying to say that uh, Satan can somehow enter into you and control your mind, uh, they've gone too far. That's over the line, sorry to say. Absolutely, uh, yeah, and that's that book, I, I, Battlefield of the Mind. Pardon me? Yes, Battlefield of the Mind. That's well, it's, it's a battlefield. They, they might be confusing a battlefield of the mind with the battlefield that's going on in heavenly places where we're toward, told to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians. There is a spiritual battle going on. There is a warfare uh, that uh, is in the heavenlies, and that is... Uh, uh, mostly, almost always, hidden from our eyes in this dimension. Some people have been opened up to see and re- appreciate that kind of battle that's going on, very few people. But um, there is a battle going on, and if they want to call it the battle of the mind, it, and they're referring to the battle that is currently going on in the heavenlies, well, uh, then if that might be a synonym in their in their point of view uh, for what's going on that way. But uh, the battlefield of the mind. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, yeah, anything that would hint or suggest that Satan could be in a Christian and at the controls, one way or the other, is uh, is just a little bit too far. Absolutely, I totally agree. And this is delicate because, I mean, like I said, these are friends, and I, I have to approach it with kindness and love and gentleness and not come on like you guys are wrong and I'm right or the Bible is right and you guys are wrong. And, you know, it's, it's, so I have to come up with actual scriptures. And I remember seeing on um, that Matt had listed specific scriptures that uh, addressed that very thing. And that's what I'm looking for. Scriptures that addressed that. Yep, I'm looking at the whole variety of articles in front of me. Carm.org forward slash questions forward slash about hyphen demons. And there it is. That's the website or the, 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 the address to it. And you'll see you'll see plenty of scripture that uh, will keep you on uh, the straight and narrow when it comes to sharing good reasons. Uh uh, for people to beware of uh, toying with the de- uh, demons, of uh, giving them too much respect, uh, and, and and assigning them too much power 
over you. Uh, you can avoid that, but you certainly want to take uh, seriously the fact that these are powerful beings and they're very well known for putting things in our path that would divert us from our focus on Christ and on, on his word. Um, he's uh, very tricky that way, and uh, we've got to be wary of his wiles. And uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, they may have just gone a little bit overboard in... in, in uh, in, in uh, with all the best motives, but maybe a little too far in their conclusions. So yeah, be sensitive. Have those uh, those articles. You may find one that is a rifle shot right at what you're talking about. One of them, with uh, you might see the door open to share an article and the scriptures that are in the article. And uh, hopefully, yeah, there's um, new believers in this group too. So that's really important. If there's some new believers oh, yes. in this group, so yes, it's important, it's important that they sink. Yes, it's it, yeah, it's it's important that they sink their their new believers' roots into some uh, healthy ground. And uh, yeah, it it uh, it sounds like uh, you need to uh, fertilize that a little bit more with the Word of God and make sure that they get a good grasp of the the ins and outs and the. Uh, Yeses and nos to these kind of topics uh, from scripture. That's you're doing. A, you're doing a good job, and it is delicate because sometimes when you accost someone's favorite uh, belief uh, or understanding, it it, uh, it it takes some finesse to get through that. It's like like walking a tightrope to tell you the truth. And uh, the more you look to the Holy Spirit to give you the balance to get to the other side, uh, the the more effective you'll be. But I'm sure he's going to be behind you and supporting you and balancing you through that tightrope walk, okay? Yeah, and I have some friends, other group praying for me that this will, this will happen, this will come to glorify God. So I appreciate your help. Thank you so much for answering. Oh, you're so very welcome, and thank you for your call. Call back. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Well, that's important, my friends. Um, there are people that uh, have good intentions, but have a only a, a skin-deep, at best, uh, workable knowledge of the Scriptures, which uh, sometimes can be harmful if they come up to a skillful false teacher who seems to give them a little bit of uh, good information, but they mix in this idea that, oh, you got to be careful if you're a Christian. You could be possessed and whatnot. No, my friends, don't uh, fall into that trap. If you belong to the Lord, you've been bought with a price. You're no longer your own, and you're His property. Uh, not, uh, And you're not open, and there's uh, no vacancy uh, for the devil in, in, in your heart and soul. But, you know, nevertheless, uh, you, he may give you a struggle and, uh, the Lord with you will, uh, prevail over his wiles. Uh, we're coming up to nearing the end of the show. Uh, I don't have time for another call really. Uh, I wouldn't be fair. Actually, there's nobody hanging on the line right now, so that's good. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today. I hope you know that you can support CARM in this important work we do. Uh, on the CARM homepage, there's a place to click to support CARM. And uh, 
Matt likes to say if we had a thousand people giving five dollars a month, that would be wonderful to keep the ministry afloat and help us meet our responsibilities with the, the people that help us and the people we can help. It's always uh, uh, wonderful to have the support of God's people. So until next time, uh, this is Charlie Spine sitting in for Matt Slick. Uh, Come back and visit us again. Thank you so much. Another program powered by the Truth Network.